We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome to the Rotowire DFS podcast brought to you by FanDuel.com, the leader in one-week fantasy football. I'm Josh Hayes, joined today by Benny Ricciardi as we spotlight NFL Week 1. Today we'll be breaking down the running back, wide receiver, and defensive positions. You can always check out Benny on Twitter at BennyR11, and you can check him out at Rotocurve.com, Rotowire, and as a featured writer on the DraftKings Playbook. You can also follow me on Twitter at JoshHayesFS, and you can find me over hosting over at fantasy, uh, TheFantasyFootballInsider.com hosting some podcasts for season-long and DFS content. Benny, what's going on, my man? Not much, man. Pretty pretty excited right now. NFL season getting started. I'm actually flying out to Vegas tomorrow, so I'll be uh, I'll be in Las Vegas betting on these games uh, nice and live, watching them all on the big screen. So I'm really pretty pumped for the beginning of NFL right here. Oh, yeah, me, me too, man, me too. And it all kicks off uh, here uh, on Thursday. We're recording uh, to... Today, uh, as the NFL kickoff with with the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New England Patriots, so that should be pretty exciting to kick it off. All those uh, DFS junkies who can't wait to get their action in, we're uh, we're gonna let you know if you're gonna set those early lineups, who you can be up uh, playing this weekend. Uh, before we dive into that, we want to let you know that the RotoWire DFS podcast is now available on iTunes and Stitcher. So if you get a chance to rate or review us, please go ahead and do so, and don't forget to share and subscribe. All right, we're going to kick it off at the right off the top here at the running back position here, Benny. Who is going to be sitting in your backfield for week one? You know, I know that this is a take that not a lot of people have, but I love DeMarco Murray this week. Um, he's a big favorite at home, so I think Philly's going to be uh, – well, actually, they're on the road, but they're a big favorite, so I think Philly's going to be running late. I think they're going to be up and uh, you know trying to chew up some clock. 
Atlanta actually gave up the most points last year to running backs. And the reason for that is they were almost automatic in the red zone. Uh, they were so bad stopping the run in the red zone that my grandmother could have ran it in against them. <laughs> so I, I think that, um, you know, people are kind of thinking that there's going to be a timeshare there. And I agree. I mean, they got a whole bunch of backs in there. They brought in Ryan Matthews, too. I think that there's going to be some carries kind of getting, you know, split around. But I still think if you look back at the game logs last year, you know, LaShawn McCoy was getting 20, 25 carries. And I think that DeMarco Murray at this point is a better back than McCoy was last year. So if you give him that kind of volume, I think that he's, uh, you know, he's going to be able to put up some numbers. And the thing you love about the Eagles is they run so many plays. So the fact that they run so many plays in the game means, you know, there's going to be, I mean, they could easily run the ball 45 times. And even if you give 10 or 15 carries to a guy like, uh, you know, if you give a, a guy like Matthews 10 or 15 carries and you give another five or six over to Sproles, you know, that still leaves you 25, 24, 25 carries for DeMarco Murray. And you give him that many carries in a high-paced offense with the defense getting tired, you know, he's going to put up some big numbers, especially if he can get those red zone touchdowns. I like that. I don't think I'm um, terribly inspired by what um, Atlanta did in free agency and in the draft in terms of um, shoring up their defense. So I like it. One of the top totals on the board. I believe they've been sitting at uh, what 55, if I'm correct, with uh, for the total on that last time I mm-hmm. checked. Um, so what, yeah, high scoring affair there as as well. Uh, for me personally, I think I'm maybe targeting Eddie Lacy here. Uh, right now on FanDuel, priced at 8500 so he's uh, uh, a fairly high-priced option along with uh, DeMarco Murray. Same same exact price. For me, I just feel like uh, there's probably one less back to worry about. I, I think that uh, on a per-carry or, or a, I guess, total touch basis um, compared to DeMarco Murray, I feel a little bit more comfortable with uh, how many touches A.D. Lacey may get. I mean, they're both... Uh, I would, wouldn't be surprised if the... Uh, Philadelphia Eagles run the ball as a whole, uh, but I feel like Green Bay gets up pretty big in this game fairly, um, fairly quickly, and you could see a lot of second half running uh, with with Eddie Lacy him, uh, you know, chewing up the clock there with a big lead heading towards the fourth quarter. Now there's also a chance that he could get pulled if they blow the Chicago out, so there's that piece of it as well. But I think um, when that happens, chances are that Eddie Lacy has made some serious hay in your fantasy lineups. And um, so I'm very I'm comfortable with DeMarco Murray, but I think I'm going to give the slight edge to uh, Eddie Lacy for my RB1 in my FanDuel lineups uh, for week one. Um, who else you got at the running back position? Who else is going to be uh, cracking your lineup? Well, a guy who I really like that's a little bit cheaper on the list is uh, Doug Martin this week. Yes. Um, he had such a good preseason, which I know has a lot of people on him, but it's more than just that for me with him uh he's favored in that game tampa bay is so there's a good chance he could be running late they have a rookie qb in winston so i think they're going to try to keep it on the ground a little bit more try to protect him i mean he was a guy who took a crazy number of sacks in the preseason when basically teams are throwing vanilla defenses at you so i don't think they're going to want to have him dropping back 30 40 times in this game i think if they can get away with keeping the ball on the ground they're going to so I really like the fact that Martin should see a lot of carries. Um, he's basically a three-down back. He plays on passing downs as well for them. And the Titans gave up the second-most points last year to running backs of any team in the league. Now, a little bit of that probably had to do with the fact that they were always trailing, and they did make a couple moves in the offseason. But I still think that it's not too tough to run against that team, um, even for a team like Tampa Bay that doesn't have a great line. So I am very willing to take Doug Martin at that $6,900 price. 
because um, I do think pricing is very tough this week in the running back. So I think Martin could be one of those sneaky guys that, you know, gets you a big score and helps you save some money so you can spend up elsewhere. I like that play there as well. I think another guy that people were on early on in the preseason and probably should still continue to be on, in my mind, is Amir Abdullah. Uh, uh, Joyke Bell has uh, had a rough preseason, has spent the entire time getting healthy, hasn't got a lot of touches there. So this was expected originally to be a timeshare. Um, it is on the road against San Diego, and San Diego does have um, a fairly decent run uh, run defense. However, uh, at the price point for FanDuel of 5900 for the cost saving that's going to allow you for your the three wide receivers that you want to roll with, or maybe a top quarterback option, or you know um, to sort of maybe spend up if you're playing Thursday and trying to fit Rob Gronkowski into your lineup, for example. I think Amir Abdullah is a great way to go, and I think that he probably ends up with more than 60% of the touches. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if it's 70 or 75% of the running back touches in that backfield with uh, Joyke Bell still trying to get healthy and, and get prepared uh, for week one. Your, your thoughts on Amir Abdullah? Um, I like, I mean, my biggest thing with him is depending on the health of Joyke Bell. If Joyke Bell is looking like he's not going to be able to carry a big load, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we saw what Abdullah can do in the preseason. The guy has explosive speed. And, you know, he should be able to find some room. My biggest concern with him is if he's going to get the volume there. Um, if he does get the volume, he's going to make a great play at his price. If he doesn't, though, you know, you're especially in your cash games, you, you know, you don't want to wind up with a guy who has, you know, 28, 35 yards and one or two catches or something like that. So for a tournament, I could definitely see it. The upside that he has is, you know, off the charts, as we saw in the preseason. But, um, you know, I want to have a little bit more certainty before Sunday on, you know, exactly how uh, how he's going to be used before I go. It's what yeah. makes week one tough. It, that, that's absolutely right. And if you decide that you wanted to go the Doug, Mount, Doug, Doug Martin route, I think it makes a lot of sense. And more than likely, Charles Sims is less of a threat than Joyke Bell is, provided he's healthy. But, you know, like I said, we do have the, that, uh, the fact that Joyke Bell hasn't, I, I don't believe he's carried the ball in preseason, if I, if I am correct. Maybe he has, he's got, he got a few touches there. Uh, at the very end, but for the most part, it looks like he spent his entire training camp rehabbing. So feel fairly confident uh, uh, about that, and hopefully a healthy Calvin Johnson, um, along with Golden Tate, complements uh, Amir Abdullah uh, in what should be a tough run matchup for San Diego, um, I mean, for the Lions against San Diego on the road. Uh, I just feel like that for that price, there's a, there's a significant amount of upside. So maybe he's more of a GPP play than a cash game play. I, I would probably probably steer clear of Amir Abdullah in cash games, but we're all about trying to hit that home run. And uh, you, we know that Amir Abdullah especially um, is a guy who has um, breakaway speed and home run hitting ability. All right, um, any other running backs that could pique your interest? Maybe some cheaper options there uh, outside the, the RB1 tier? Yeah, um, I was looking at Jonathan Stewart a lot lately too. Uh, Carolina's favored in that game, so he should be running late. And the thing I like about him is last year in 2014, towards the end of the season, when he wasn't splitting carries with D'Angelo Williams, which seems like it's been going on for about five years right now, um, (laughs) he was getting 20 carries a game and running for 100 yards a game. Now, if you think about what happened with that Carolina team in the offseason, you know, without Kelvin Benjamin, they're basically looking at starting Philly Brown and Ted Ginn on the outside. So you got to think that they're going to try to keep it on the ground, whether it be Cam with his legs, which is very underrated. People don't talk about, you know, Cam with the running that he can do. But I also think they're going to go a lot to Jonathan Stewart as well. Um, Again, if you're going to give this guy 20, 25 carries, he's going to get you 100 yards. And, you know, without a a big threat like Benjamin for them to throw it up to, 
you know, they're going to need to find another way to get the ball in the end zone. So I think they're going to have to keep it on the ground and smash it in there um, because everybody knows that Greg Olson is the only catching option they have, and they're going to have him double covered when they get down into the red zone. So I think their uh, path of least resistance is going to be to go with Stewart. So if he can get me a touchdown and 100 yards at uh, 7,100, I'd be very happy with that return. I like that there as well. I think it it uh, makes for an, a potentially interesting play. For me, I think that uh, fantasy owners definitely need to take a look at Chris Ivory, especially um, at 6,400 on FanDuel against Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland had one of the single worst run defenses in 2014. Now they have taken uh, a good amount of steps in completely revamping uh, their defense for 2015. They drafted Danny Shelton, and um, I believe they've got about four new uh, defensive tackles in the rotation. They didn't do anything at all to their linebacking core, which was also overall a weak spot, primarily because Carl Stamsey was hurt for about six games uh, towards the end of the season, which really pushed down the numbers. But for me, if you take a look at the New York Jets and you see who's behind Chris Ivory and you got Bilal Powell, and uh, um, who else am I thinking about in that backfield? Uh, Zach Staley. Oh yeah, Zach, uh, Zach Stacy. Yeah, you're just Stacey. yeah. There you go. Zach Stacy, just <laughs> underwhelming options uh, for for him behind Chris Ivory. So there's a good chance that he he is a three down bell cow back who um, gets a lot of opportunity. And I think there's going to be a good a good uh, concerted effort for them to run the ball when you have to uh, rely on Fitz Magic uh, to uh, you know head up your team under center for the New York Jets. So 6,400 sounds like a, a good value play. I do also like Jonathan Stewart uh, against the the Jacksonville Jaguars. However, Stewart is on the road, and I wouldn't be surprised if he sees more eight-man fronts knowing that Cam Newton needs more help with, like you said, uh, you know, Philly Brown, and I don't know, maybe they can call Keyshawn Johnson or, or something to come out of retirement because that, that is the that, – tell me that's not the worst wide receiver core in football right now. Oh, I mean, without a doubt, with what they have healthy, I mean, I don't understand how bad Devin Funches has been playing that, you know, with the other options that they have that they know aren't, you know, big-time NFL wide receivers, that they're not throwing the rookie in there and at least giving him a chance to learn on the fire because that just says a lot about how bad he must have been playing in the preseason for them not even to throw it, you know, to throw him out there and let him learn on the job. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Any interest in Tevin Coleman? Uh, for for week one there. I'm, I'm, I have tempered expectations, but it looks like he's going to be the guy here. Obviously, we're going to have to see him uh, do it and prove it here in week one, but not that bad of a value overall for 6,700 uh, at home against Philly in week one. Yeah, I actually loved him last year in college. I mean, I used him playing college DFS quite a bit um, at Indiana. He's got breakaway speed. He reminds me of one of those backs that'll have... 10 carries and six of them will go for, you know, between two yards and minus two yards because he'll dance around and, and somebody will get him. Mm-hmm. But then he'll break one for 65 yards. So he'll he'll end up with 11 carries for, you know, 78 yards. And you'll be like, wow, this guy's a monster. But um, the one problem I have is whenever you take running backs against the Eagles, the Eagles play at such a fast pace and they make the other team play so fast that you feel like you got to score to keep up with them. And most of the time when that happens – Teams wind up having to throw the ball a lot, and they kind of abandon the run late in the second half. So I think that obviously he's got the home run speed to get a you know to break one and go take it to the house. But I don't know if he's going to have a ton of carries. Um, you know, like I would like him if I knew he was going to if Atlanta was probably going to be winning if they were favored, and I knew he was going to get 18 to 25 touches. I would absolutely love him because he does have that breakaway speed, 
and that uh, big playability that he could really put up, uh, you know, a big number for you. All right, that sounds good to me. Uh, I, I, for me, I want to see uh, the the production level before I roll Tevin Coleman in at sixty seven hundred. It's a fair value for for the price overall. But I was just having this conversation with uh, Renee Miller earlier on in the week about how can you remember the last time Atlanta was like a legit running team, you know? And uh, we we went all the way back to like Jamal Anderson. Yeah, the Dirty Birds. Yeah, the Dirty Birds was the last time, but they weren't even a running team. They were a run and shoot team. And Jamal Anderson just got, like, you know, five-man fronts because they were rolling out five wide receivers and no tight end so often, you know. So I wouldn't even – he was just the beneficiary of a of a spread offense, not necessarily, you know, a Velcro back in, in a running system. So I think the answer is never. Is yeah. the last – so that's this is why I, I just have a certain level of mistrust because Atlanta Falcons in their entire history have never been known as a run-first team. I don't think that's going to change this year with Julio Jones. So um, any home run plays you want to pull out of your back pocket here for, for week one before we move along? I mean, there's guys you can look at like a, you know, like a Danny Woodhead and, you know, guys like that. I'm not a fan of Alfred Blue, who's cheap, and I know people are on because of there's no Foster. The one guy I might use a little bit of is Benny Cunningham at uh, 5,100. Basically, it looks like Gurley is definitely out. It looks like uh, Trey Mason is likely to be out, too. Um, obviously, if Mason is in, that's going to change this around. But I could see Benny Cunningham. I think that that Seattle and uh, St. Louis game is going to be a defensive slugfest. I don't think that people give that St. Louis defense enough credit. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the offense, to be honest with you. But you also got to remember, Seattle's playing without uh, Cam Chancellor. You know, that defense has a couple guys banged up already. So they're, they're going to be a little weak. I still think they're going to be very good. I don't want to say that they're not going to be. But, um, you know, the, with the guys that have on the outside, you usually don't try to throw against Seattle. If you're going to do anything, you want to make it a, you know, ugly slugfest kind of a game and keep it on the ground. And they literally don't have anybody else to carry the ball. So by default, he's going to get as many carries as he can handle on Sunday. And, um, you know, at the price that he's at, like I said, pricing is really tough this week at uh, running back. So if you needed a really cheap guy, he's about the one guy who I think I trust a little bit. Yeah, you know, just taking a look at running backs in the 5K-ish range, and there just isn't a lot of appealing options on guys who are going to um, necessarily get the start and um, uh, and provide value overall. So I think there's some opportunity for Carlos Williams if LaShawn McCoy sits out, but it looks like the latest report says that LaShawn McCoy isn't 100%, but he's going to he's good, he's good enough to play. So I, I, if for some reason he has a setback and that turns around, I'll definitely be all in on Carlos Williams at 4,500. But if you're going to have to see uh, like a 85 or 75% LaShawn McCoy play, I probably just want no part of either uh, share there. I think you can also take a look at D'Angelo Williams overall, um, at, but I just don't know. I, I just don't think the pricing is as reasonable as you'd want it to be. Uh, it's 7,600, so it's a little bit pricey. But I think that there's going to be a lot of opportunity, at least in the passing game, from from a you know a points per reception perspective, there, which you can still make hay on on Fanduel with. I wish he was priced a little more reasonably, like in the 66k ish range. But the total is really attractive, and consider the fact that there's no Le'Veon Bill and it's really just Dree Archer behind D'Angelo Williams. I think you can make a case, make a case. Now, I'm saying you should, but there's some definitely some upside to be had. If you, if you end up playing uh, D'Angelo Williams in, in some of your DFS lineups here for week one. All right, we're going to move on to wide receivers. But before we do that, 
we got to let you know that this is it. It's finally opening week of the NFL regular season, and this is last chance for you guys to join FanDuel before the opening weekend kicks off. So we got a lot of games on tap here. We're gonna, uh, we've been talking about the Thursday games here and, and uh, D'Angelo Williams, and we're going to break down the wide receivers and the uh, defenses that we like all on FanDuel. And the reason why we're playing on FanDuel is because they're the leader in one-week fantasy football with more winners and more payouts than any other site. They're paying out over $75 million a week this football season. Building a team is easy. You can just pick your players, you stay under the salary cap, and sit back on Sunday and watch your team win. Entry fees start as just as low as a dollar. Anyone can play. Or if you want to make a million, like uh, Benny and I, we're going to be taking our, sh- our shot there in the $5 million uh, contest here on FanDuel this Sunday. So make sure you hit us up. Uh, hit Benny up on Twitter at BennyR11 and contact me at JoshHayesFS. Let us know who you like on FanDuel, and uh, we'll be sure to get back to you and give us uh, our input there as well. So make sure you go to FanDuel.com and click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner and use my code here, ITLDAILY, and sign up now. Special offer with that code here for every dollar you deposit on FanDuel. They will match it up to $200, and that gets earned as you play. That's a bonus of up to 200 bucks, people. So the offer is good for only the first 50 people that use this code ITL daily today. Don't forget to use the promo code ITL daily, FanDuel.com, where everybody plays and every day is a new season. That's F-A-N-D-U-L-E-U-E-L.com. Sign up today. All right, Benny, back to wide receivers here. We're talking wide receiver one, some anchor plays here. Guys who are going to get a ton of targets. Who you got? Um, I mean, I still don't understand it because I feel like people are not talking about him enough. But the end of last season, Odell Beckham was about the greatest thing that we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. So to me, he's still the number one wide receiver overall for fantasy. And he's the guy that I'm putting on all my rosters this week. Um, basically, the Giants run a lot of plays, which is something that I don't think people really understand. They have moved to that no huddle kind of offense where Eli gets up to the line, looks and sees what the defense is doing, and then puts them in the best play that he can. A lot like Peyton used to do when he was in Indianapolis. And with that, they wound up running the fourth most plays of any team in the league last year. And a lot of the times what he looks for is, does he have Beckham in a one-on-one situation? Beckham is so good at getting off the line and you know getting open real fast that Eli sits back in that little shotgun, catches turns, and just fires it to him, and then lets Odell do the rest of the work after that. So I think with no Skandrick for Dallas, who was basically the only chance they had of kind of slowing Odell Beckham down, I think that he's just going to have an absolutely monster game. He's going to have 10 catches, he's going to have over 100 yards, and he's going to have at least a touchdown, and there's no reason for you not to have this guy in your rosters. Yeah, 8,900 on FanDuel, perfect play. I love the uh, of the fact that the... Uh, the the Dallas Cowboys come in uh, as a favorite, so which means if that hap- that actually happens, you can expect even fewer runs to be called in the second half if the Giants are playing behind, and a, a lot more shotgun calls and targets toward Odo Beckham's way uh, there in the second half. For me, I gotta have shares of Julio Jones here for Week One. I love the matchup and the total. We talked about how we think this is going to be a shootout there uh, a- as well. So um, if you're playing uh, Matt Ryan, like I probably will be, Julio Jones is a must-play. you got to pay an extra 100 bucks over Odell Beckham here. Um, but I think this could be an absolute breakout season for him. He's uncoverable um, at, at this point. And he's, I think he's a guy who provides a very safe floor for you with number one upside overall. Like, I mean, at worst, you expect uh, Julio Jones to have something like five, six catches and, and 80 yards. 
and you know which won't kill you which wouldn't be great is if you spent up that you know at that price point um but there's just no way he throws up you know two catches for 15 yards ever uh in in especially in this offense and with, with the role he has on this team so you have a fairly safe floor and you have number one overall upside um in week one with him in this shootout at home playing in the dome against philadelphia so I will be having Odell Beckham Jr. in my lineup, and when I don't, you'll see a bunch of Julio Jones uh, in there as well. So who else are you going to be uh, targeting at the wide receiver position here for week one? Well, I've also been trying to, you know, there's enough value out here that you can pay up and get two guys today. I also really love Demarius Thomas. And let me give you the case, because I think people are just kind of forgetting about him with the, you know, Julio Jones and the Odell Beckham and the Des Bryants in that same price range. But... I mean, DT is still a top five wide receiver in the league. And last year, Baltimore gave up the least amount of points to fantasy running backs and definitely in the red zone as well. They were really stout. So it's tough to run on them when you get down there in the end. They gave, you know, they held a lot of teams. They wound up keeping teams to field goals. The way that team started attacking them in the middle to the end of the season was by throwing the ball, which is why at the end of the year, they wound up giving up the third most points to fantasy wide receivers. They gave up the 10th most points to quarterbacks as well. So I know everybody thinks Peyton Manning is done for, but Peyton Manning can still throw a fade to the corner of the end zone from 15 yards away. And with a guy like Demarius, who's big, strong, athletic, he's still going to be able to go up there and get him. Now, if you remember last year, week one, Peyton threw for like four or five touchdowns. I think like two or three of them went to uh, Julius Thomas. So, you know, at the beginning of the season when he's fresh and he's good to go, you know, he can still put up some big numbers. I mean, the thing with Peyton Manning is it's not about his arm strength. It's about him getting up there, standing at the line, looking at the defense, figuring out what they're going to do, and then putting his team in the best spot, calling the best play for them to have a chance to succeed. And like I said, you know, anybody can throw a fade up to a 6'4 guy that's really athletic and can out-jump a cornerback and go get it. I don't care who you are. I could do that, to be honest. So I still think that, um, you know, Peyton's going to have a pretty decent game here because I don't think they're going to be able to run it like everybody thinks they will with CJ, just ram it down uh, Baltimore's throat. And if you're looking for his receivers, the, you know, Demarius Thomas is that guy, that red zone threat, that big play guy that they have there in Denver. Yeah, I love Optimus Prime. Uh, uh, just a, a supreme talent there and definitely worth every dollar that you're going to pay. I think it's a good matchup against Baltimore. They've got decent corners, but um, I like the fact uh, that they're, uh, that you get uh, Denver at home in this matchup. And like you said, that with that p- power-speed combo, he's been a top three, top five wide receiver for a, a few years now, especially every year that Peyton Manning has been uh, in, in Denver. So you can pick your poison. I, don't, I, don't, I think there's very little difference for me personally between taking Odell Beckham Jr., Demaryius Thomas, and Julio Jones. It sort of comes down to how you want to pair up uh, the, the rest of your remaining roster and uh, the hookup, uh, for, for example, there. So, now, do you think in a GPP though, and this is why I really like Demarius, that he's probably going to be much lower owned than the other two? I do believe that, and the reason yeah. why that 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 you see that happen is because you have to pay ninety one hundred for for Peyton Manning to pair him, and that makes it a lot more cost prohibitive as opposed to pairing him with Matt Ryan, who you could you know you can spend down with, and Eli Manning, who you can spend down with. So there's the there's a rub with Demarius Thomas. He's better off, like you say, when you get when if you feel like you've built in a lot of value at other positions, and you can use him as your wide receiver too, while so, still somehow finding a way to crack Odell Beckham Jr. or Des Bryant or another top wide receiver in, into your lineup. I like him in that aspect rather than having to pay 9,100 for for Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. So that's the way that I'm I'm approaching it there. 
Uh, I want to quickly talk about uh, Jarvis Landry. 6,900, juicy matchup here on the road at Washington. We all know that Washington has um, a basically like a spaghetti spaghetti bowl defense there. You know, or not, what, do you do, what do you do when you put the spaghetti bowls and you drain them? It's strainer. They got a strainer. I don't, <laughs> this, is a terrible, this is a terrible analogy, but you know what I'm talking about. They're bad, okay? Uh, just think of the worst defense in the league and then times it by two, and then you've got Washington out there. I don't think anybody's worried about uh, D'Angelo Hall and his position change or his role in this offense. They just lack a, a significant amount of playmakers. Kirk Cousins is a turnover machine, and we all know, um, at least for, from, from what we saw last season, Jarvis Landry was a favorite target of uh, Ryan Tannehill. And that's going to be one of my sneaky hookups here uh, in some of my GPPs is pairing uh, Tanny with uh, Landry. So we're going to go to Tanland here uh, in, in week one. Your thoughts on Jarvis Landry for 6,900 uh, this week on Pando? Washington was one of the worst against the pass last year, so I can't really argue with it. And he's like the one safe wide receiver that they have in Miami. Everybody else, they kind of interchange, but he's the guy that's in there all the time. Uh-huh. He's a huge PPR kind of guy. He's going to get a lot of looks, a lot of targets, usually winds up with a lot of catches. Uh-huh. Um, you know, my, my biggest fear with him is I usually like to look for a guy that can get me a touchdown. Right. And if he's going to get a touchdown, it's probably going to be him taking like a slant and breaking it for, you know, 20, 25 yards or something like that. He's not the kind of guy that they usually throw a lot of passes to in the red zone, which is my only drawback with him because I do actually like him a lot as well. Yeah, he's that, and that's the one thing that concerns me actually about Devontae Parker being on this roster there as well. And now Greg Jennings is you got some vets. You got Jordan Cameron, who's a nice red zone target there as well. So Jarvis mm-hmm. Landry might be a little bit down the po- totem pole when it comes to you know being in the red zone and, and looking for a guy to win a jump ball. So he's just not that type of guy. Um, but I think he's very similar to a guy that you also like in Allen Robinson at 6,100. And you do get a significant cost savings over um, Jarvis Landry from 69 down to 6,100 uh, uh, there. Uh, and you get the number one wide receiver who might be a better red zone target with no Julius Thomas there. So um, I know you hadn't mentioned him yet, but I'm just uh, cheating off your notes here. Yep, no. So, <laughs> <laughs> so all right, we're running out of time here. We still got to get to defenses. But go ahead and throw me your your uh, your home run run your home run GPP play for the day at wide receiver? Well, I think for a home run, I think the guy I'm looking at is Stevie Johnson at uh, 4,700. He has a great slot matchup with uh, Josh Wilson this week, so he should be able to get some catches there. And he's not just a slot guy, though. I mean, in the preseason, they had him running some of the same routes that they used to have Keenan Allen run all the time. Not that that he's not still running them, but I think they're trying to lessen his workload a little bit because he got a ton of targets last year. Um, and took a, you know took a little bit of a beating. And you know that that uh, Chargers team, they like to pass. You know, Phillip Rivers definitely likes to drop back and sling it around. And Detroit's run defense is pretty tough, so I do think that they are going to have to pass. So I think that you can get a lot of uh, receptions out of him at a really cheap price. Again, he's another one of those guys, I don't know if you get the touchdown from him, but if he has five to seven catches, I think you're going to be pretty happy with it. Yeah, I like Stevie Johnson as well. I think he's actually the number one in that offense. So this is the last week you get a 5K um, a sub 5k price on Stevie Johnson. So take advantage now uh, while you can. If you want to go super deep on a guy at wide receiver, and this is, I, I think, a little, I mean, he's had a, a monster preseason, but I think for in terms of role versus Stevie Johnson, he probably has a, a significantly lower role overall, but some serious um, home run hitter upside. 
Tyler Lockett for 4,800 as a wide receiver against Seattle. Now, it's a tough defense there, but if you've seen what has Tyler Lockett has been doing, which is basically destroying people on go routes um, and in, in the return game uh, for uh, you know the Seattle Seahawks there. I mean, it was interesting that the Seahawks actually brought out Russell Wilson for, for the preseason for, uh, for week four. Did you see what happened in that game? No, I didn't. Okay, so Russell Wilson comes in, throws one pass, 60-yard bomb or whatever, it's Tyler Lockett, touchdown, and they're out of the game. <laughs> <laughs> they proved their point that it worked. <laughs> yeah, that was their week four uh, um, offensive entire uh, you know, offense wrapped up for, for the first team. One play, bomb it down to Tyler Lockett, we're good, get off the field, we're, let's get ready for week one. So I'm gonna try to I'm gonna at least have a share somewhere of Tyler Lockett in case this guy goes nuts because he's been destroying people in the preseason and I want to see if it's going to carry over and you and like you said same thing as with uh, Stevie Johnson significant cost savings sub 5k on on both these guys all right let's go ahead and get into the defenses who is going to be your run stoppers and your sack masters here in week one well I have there's basically three defenses that I looked at this week. And they're the three that I've basically been using everywhere. I like the Jets a lot against the Browns. Um, you know, you got McCown starting over there. Jets got Revis and Cromartie back, so they shored up their secondary, which was their weakness last year. They're at home. They're favored. You know, they should be forcing them to pass late. I think they're probably one of my favorite defenses against the weak offense. I like the Dolphins a lot against Washington. Um, they were a great D last year, and you add and Dominic and Sue in there. Uh, Washington is a little bit in turmoil right now. <clears throat> Excuse me. You got uh, Kirk Cousins in there, a quarterback. And remember last year, Kirk Cousins threw a ton of, ton of interceptions, had a ton of turnovers, because if he didn't, they would have traded him away at some point during the season for you know a first or second round pick. Because at the beginning of the year, everybody wanted him. But then after they saw him play last year, they couldn't get rid of him for a fifth round pick in, in this year's draft. And then the third defense that I have a lot of is the Eagles. And people look at the Eagles and see, oh, they give up a lot of points. And that's fine. That's great. But you know what? I really don't care how many points they give up because that's only one component of their overall fantasy score. The Eagles were the highest scoring fantasy defense last year. They play fast. They get a lot of sacks. They get a lot of chances to force turnovers. And they're very opportunistic. You know, whether it's in the return game or whether it's when they get one of those turnovers, they wind up taking the ball and getting a lot of touchdowns when they do get it on the defensive side. So I really like the Eagles against Atlanta. Um, I don't think they won't give up any points, but I think they'll do enough of the other stuff that you score points for in fantasy that it'll make up for the 30 points they do give up. Uh, I like those plays there as well. One thing I want to say quickly about pricing for week one is that it's so tight between like the top eight, 10 teams, between 4,500 and 5K there overall. So chances are you can get the defense that you want. So if you're sold on one defense this week, for me, the way I'm sold on Green Bay against Chicago and Jay Cutler, particularly with a um, less than 100% Alshon Jeffrey, no Kevin White, no more Brandon Marshall uh, there, um, you know, and a really lack of improvement overall in their offensive line. Um, you know, complete overhaul on both sides of the ball, defense and offense, which I guess should be better for them because they couldn't be any worse than last year. I just think there's going to be, you know, we all know that J.J. Cutler is a turnover machine that holds the ball too long, so I think it's going to be a great opportunity for Green Bay. So I'm in there for 4,500. I also have some interest there in Seattle D for 5K. Now we're talking about the tight price defense, but again, like we said, there should be enough salary cap room for you to take who you want to target. And you, you, I'm not, a, not necessarily a fan of Nick Foles. They still have done basically nothing on the outside. 
to improve their offense in terms of wide receivers. They, they were depending on Todd Gurley being a you know an offensive boost uh, to them, and they have, have historically drafted and missed on bust after bust. Um, you know, drafting offensive linemen in, in in the first in in the first round overall. They've had a lot of guys who are supposed to be left tackles for the next 15 years that have uh, you know either panned out not in the league anymore. Because had to get moved to different positions, and now Greg Robinson reports on him in the preseason that he's struggling uh, there as well. So, add to the fact that they may be playing Benny Cunningham, their third string running back there. I think it's just a prime opportunity for Seattle to just absolutely destroy in this matchup. So, if you can spend up to 5K, I'm going to do that. So, Green Bay and Seattle gonna, are going to be my two uh, guys that I'm going to target. I, will, I I'm rather than mentioning a third one, I'm actually going to say I'm staying away from the San Francisco defense there on Monday night at 4600. They're priced. It looks like within the top 10, 12-ish there. But they've lost so many starters there on defense, and I'm just uh, uh, afraid that Adrian Peterson runs for 672 yards uh, in his revenge game after being suspended for a year unjustly in his mind there. So I just don't want a ton of shares. And actually, uh, Pro Football Focus, by the way, came out with a stat that said Teddy Bridgewater in the preseason uh, had a 100% completion percentage uh, while, while throwing under pressure there which is pretty scary uh for a second year quarterback who um has you know the weapons adrian peterson and now adds mike wallace uh to that offense there so could be interesting there in week one i don't want any part of san francisco but i do want green bay and seattle and that is going to wrap it up for the rotowire dfs podcast nfl edition brought to you by fanduel.com the leader in one day fantasy football uh, make sure you check us out on iTunes and Stitcher for your downloading convenience. And be sure to give us a rating, a review, and don't forget to subscribe. Best luck to you in all your daily fantasy contests for week one for the NFL. Don't forget to follow Benny on Twitter at BennyR11. And you can check me out on Twitter at JoshHayesFS. Thanks for listening, and good luck in all your matchups. Napa Napa guy knows not to judge a man by his car's multicolored paint job or absence of modern gadgetry. Who cares if it's technically old enough to vote and the windows are powered by the strength of your left arm? Your monthly payment is zero, and it'll stay that way. Because with over 500,000 parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep anything on the road. She may not be pretty, but she's all yours. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how.